All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Full Tank Motorcycle Podcast. It's been a little while, Tim. Yeah, yeah, probably too long, as always. <laughs> yeah, we're not the most consistent podcast uploaders, but in our defence, we've been super, super, super busy over true. the last month or two, and we've had a couple of projects that we've been working on and um, a few press bikes, and me and Tim have actually been collaborating in the YouTube space a little bit more than we normally would, so um, yeah, there's videos on my channel featuring Tim doing all sorts, and um, yeah, so today I think we thought we'd just run through all these bikes that we've been riding, everything that we've been up to, and give everyone a bit of an update, um, because it's been, it's been good fun, we've had a couple of really good days out actually. Yeah, I've I've kind of needed it as well. I don't know if you feel the same. I'm hoping you did. But um, during the lockdown, I was just itching to get out and actually out riding with someone yourself was so fun. Yeah, we'll start with the Triumphs because we've been doing a bit of work with Lind Triumph Group. So that's a, a series of dealerships. Well, Lind, they have Harleys in Guildford. They have... Um, BMW, they have a BMW dealer up in... Do you know where oh, that yeah. one is? I do, North. is it Stevenage? Is that no, ring a bell? Uh, it begins with W. Anyway, oh. it's north of London. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I must visit and then I'll remember. And then the, the Triumph shops are Jack Lilly down in Surrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got one up in Watford, one in uh, Vauxhall, which is the one we've been using, and then one in East London. I think it's Romford, mm. so kind of more Essex. But uh, So yeah, we've, we've been doing a few sponsored videos because the idea is, look, like, people are getting back on their motorbikes a lot at the moment, not just for fun, like having a nice day out like us, but also uh, commuting. And I think um, they just want to showcase what they do to serve commuters, basically, because they've got really good city centre locations as well as uh, on the outskirts as well. So it's been a it's been a good project. Like we've been thinking about, well, what bikes would people commute on? Uh, how mm-hmm. can we kind of showcase them a bit? So uh, that was a fun day. And the way that we did this was we went to Vauxhall for a day and, and tried to get all the footage we'd need for a few videos, which obviously, you know, straight away I thought, Tim, I need to get him involved. He can be my uh, rider and I can just film Tim riding around and, and then it, it's quicker than me getting off the bike and trying to film myself. Um, so we, we we got out on a few bikes that day and I thought we'd run through them because some of them I've ridden, well, all of them all of them I've ridden, uh, but mm-hmm. for you, Tim, it was your first go on a, on a few of them. So the first One of them, bike, actually. Yeah, the, the Tiger was first for me. Oh, but wasn't the speed... I was going to say the first bike we went out on that day was the Street Triple RS. Yes. Which I think the new one is new to you, oh, but you yeah, have... No, you are right. Yeah, it is a new one for me. <laughs> you have owned uh, a street, street Triple in the past. They got nicked, didn't it? Yeah. But I guess that was probably just my arrogance of going, yeah, I've ridden everything. Uh, yes, no, it's because I owned a Street Triple R and I rode the same size engine R version of this bike, but obviously this is the brand new RS. So that was new to me, yeah. And what did you reckon? Because I, I went on the launch for that one and I thought it was, yeah, it's pretty damn good. But yeah, it's never a bad day if you're on a street triple in my book. Uh, and some people don't like it. I don't know if I've heard that many people. I say I got told when I bought it from a few people that there was some hate for them online, I think. But actually owning it, I sort of always feel like I have to justify it before or get in there before someone says, oh, yeah, they're boring. But no one's ever really told me they were boring. So I think maybe that's just an old preconception or a hang up. 
Um, but no, I love them, obviously. I would own another one in a heartbeat. And you've been sending me uh, links to uh, brilliant deals on them at the moment. Yeah, I think some tempting. dealers are, are, have chopped 1,500 quid off. I, I believe, so I believe used bikes are kind of selling out because people are looking for a cheap way to get back on, uh, on the road yeah. and maybe start commuting to work by bike because they can't take the train or whatever. Mm. Um, New bikes, I think obviously sales are probably down year on year. So there are some crazy deals out there. And yeah, I saw one deal that there was 1500 quid off the brand new Street Triple RS. So uh, when I reviewed it, I thought, well, it's pretty good value for money. I mean, mm. top spec Brembo's, um, like Olin's uh, Shock and Shara Forks for the adjustable, uh, uh, like a TFT screen with all the connectivity, um, slight updates to the engine. Um, good spec tires. I mean, what else would you want out of a little middleweight naked like that? I don't really think it, it lacks anything. No, um, you could take so, on a track straight away, couldn't you? It's you can. Oh yeah. It's just as happy on the road as it is on a track, and you would be showing up a load of bikes on the track. Even the, uh, and I think we agreed upon this when we were riding it around town. Even the stock exhaust sounds yeah excellent. You wouldn't need need to replace that. I don't think. I thought it was aftermarket though. It was only when you said that it was stock that I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's not it's like in a slip-on or anything like that. It's just, I think that's because it has that little carbon finisher around it. Yeah, so it does look quite nice as well as sound. It does, it's like the, obviously they have to restrict bikes now and the emissions, it's kind of frustrating. If you really like the sound of a bike, it's, it is quite frustrating, but um, that one must be just on the line. It must be just meeting the standards for decibel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, at, at 10,300, 10, I thought, well, that's pretty decent value. It's got everything really. And then I saw it for 8,800, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but, no, I would be sorely tempted to buy one if I was looking for a bike right now. What did you think? Can you remember back to your original street triple and could you compare them, do you think? Uh, yeah, I, so I rode, I still had my R when I rode the, the 765R, um, so the slightly spec down version than the RS. And I remember at the time feeling the difference and I think someone even commented and asked if you had one, would you, does it, does it sort of justify the upgrade? Should you upgrade? Um, and I think if you like the bike, I would, and you can afford it, I would say absolutely, yeah, change to the newer one because it is enough of an upgrade whilst retaining absolutely everything that makes it great it's um one of the biggest things for me was it was a little bit um like more subtle on the throttle which was uh, mm. quite frustrating with mine i remember i did ride it a few times in town um and obviously in town you just you stop start you're going over bumps and stuff like that and that really shows up a kind of hypersensitive throttle on any bike and i remember on my street triple it did it was quite frustrating trying to make it smooth it always felt like it wanted to sort of just get up and go. Um, and I think the newer versions definitely have improved that, which is quite an important thing. And then the other thing is that obviously it's a bigger capacity, it's a bigger engine. It does feel faster as well than mine did. Absolutely it does. Um, mm. Subtly, I mean, it's still within the threshold of feeling like you can be in charge of it and you're not going to scare yourself or do anything yeah. too dangerous. Um, but no, it is quicker than the old one as well. Yeah, I think you're right. It's like a sweet spot, isn't it? That sort of power, 120 mm. horses where... Yeah. Um, like I had a good time with it on on the track when, when we went on the launch and I don't think I could have said the same if it was 
150 and above, like I think I w that would have been getting a bit dangerous for my abilities <laughs> or lack of. Um, so yeah, that uh, yeah. One thing as well that struck me is just taking photos and video of it around town. We had some nice light that day. It, it looks great as well. Yeah. Um, although funnily, remember that guy? I was going to say, uh, the thing I was most frustrated at, it, like it was my bike, I almost felt offended on behalf of the bike like it was mine that someone because came I, over and asked you. <laughs> yeah, well, I was riding the Honda XADV to do all the filming because it's a... Uh, like scooter style so you can hop on and off relatively easily with um sticky padded uh, gopro to the back of it um you can ride it with one hand so uh, because it's yeah it's got the dct gearbox so that's kind of handy for uh, sort of looking behind you and also i dropped a gopro at one point i had to pick it up um and yeah it just makes sense it's like a very practical easy bike to ride so so i took that along and then we had them parked up while we were getting some nice B-roll, you know, close-up shots and stuff of the street triple, which I thought was looking beautiful. It was just outside. <laughs> it was on Millbank, which is the, the road yeah. that runs past Parliament. But if you take the side streets around Millbank, there's some beautiful old buildings. Um, and also you get a bit of shade from the harsh daytime sunlight, which really brings the most out of a bike like that with a nice kind of... Um, Mm. glossy paint job brand new um and yeah this guy walked up he was a bit a bit of a geezer wasn't he well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sort of, of looked thing. like he might be might have had a drink today as well there was a little air of that about oh you're just saying that because he didn't choose <laughs> he didn't look at my bike he went straight to the honda <laughs> did he say it was a beast so he jumped straight to he was drunk <laughs> It must have been. There's no reason. No, it was funny. I mean, it, it was red. The Honda was red. So I guess that it does look quite nice. And to be honest with you, if you're into that kind of bike, it does look pretty, uh, like, imposing. It looks like it means business. And mine so was grey. <laughs> so it sort of blends in. Yeah, maybe. He said to us, he said, uh, what's that bike then? And I was about to say street triple. And I looked up and he was pointing at the XADV. And I was like, you kidding me? Like, no offense to the XADV. I don't want to hate on it, but it's not what you'd call a sexy bike, is it? It's no. a practical choice. It's cool. Like, mm. we, we both really liked it. Mm -hmm. um, but you would just think that the street triple RS with those little daytime running lights, the frowny face and stuff, and the sort of yeah. like little short tail section, it looks quite sporty. Yeah. And you're looking like he's got like Brembo's and all that. And the and he was just like, yeah, that one. And then I said, oh, it's called a Honda XADV. And uh, he, I just remember he said it looks like a super bike. Yes. Yeah, what those were his mean? words, actually. Just, it's a, just, that's a super bike, that, that is. A, well, this is it. We, we, <laughs> couldn't, is. we couldn't decide on the day whether he meant it looks like something that would be raced in the World Superbike Series, that looks like a super bike, or whether he meant that looks like a super space bike <laughs> yeah that's a cracking bike that that is a it super, super bike <laughs> that's a super bike that anyway uh yeah the, for some reason it's it caught his eye more than the street triple despite the fact that we think it's a good looking bike but um mm. that was that was bike number one of that day mm. and then we swapped it for the speed twin but you've been out on that before haven't you 
Yes, that one I actually have been out on. Sorry to interrupt you before. <laughs> I was like, no, I've been on all of these. Um, no, that one I actually had ridden before and did like it. Um, I got to ride it on some faster roads though, so obviously it was a different thing using it in a city. Uh, but it is mm. a bike that I've always sort of looked at as a bike that I could potentially own. Because I really want the T120, but I don't think the T120 would do what I want it to do going around a corner. Or, you know, when you get on some spirited roads... And um, the the speed twin always, always sort of looks like that to me because it's very much the same as the T120, just it can handle a bit better. Yeah, and it would handle, well, this is kind of exciting for me. It would handle even better if it came in an R model. We've talked about this before, like why is there no TFC or R? <clears> I actually <throat> asked one of the guys at Triumph about that when I was on one of the launch trips. I said, it's interesting, you know, you've got the R of, of the Thruxter and you have kind of like, various tiers of the street triple and the you know the other bikes the tigers and i was like it's really interesting that you don't have that yet for the the speed twin especially because it's slightly performance orientated even the bobber comes as the bobber black and the tfc and uh, he said it's just sold so well that like so far we just haven't really needed to do that i don't think uh, hmm. but maybe it's may, I don't, you know that might not be the full story but maybe it's on its way but the thing that i'm super excited about is the guys at lind and this will not, you know, this is outside of the sponsor videos and stuff about commuting, but they've, they've said that I might be able to ride a custom that they're working on, where the idea is they've taken the speed twin, but yeah. then they've imagined, that, well, what would it be like if it was an R? It'd have upside down forks, it'd have Olin shocks, and it'd have this exhaust system, and it would have, I, I assume they've changed the brakes, because um, if they've got upside down forks, they might have put some, because it's not top spec yes. Brembo's on the... And they're just doing the works. They're, they're painting it and everything. And uh, hopefully it'll be ready in a couple of weeks. So definitely stay tuned for, for that if anyone's um, keen That's on really seeing cool. that. But but that, like you say, that will take that the extra level. You've got the T120. It's maybe a, a bit more suited to just kind of um, easy riding. The, mm. the, um, the Speed Twin's got its tail tucked up a bit, you know, and uh, those mm -hmm. kind of um, Pirelli Diablo Rosso tires, a bit wider and... Um, they've shared a bit of weight by putting aluminium into the frame. Um, I think it was the first Bonneville to get that. Mm. Sections, rather, aluminium sections. And um, and then this this will just take it the next notch, although I can't believe that Triumph aren't going to do a TFC or a or an R model, um, hopefully some point. Well, yeah, I wonder soon. if they see that, whether or not that would inspire them to do it. You'd hope so. I think they more might be pissed off that they've done it and... <laughs> If I make a video saying this is the Speed Twin R, then uh, that might not, I don't know. We'll see. I'll try and cover it in the right way, as in this is what a Speed Twin R would be like, maybe. Yes. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll get to ride that. And also, they have a used Moto2 um, limited edition Daytona, which yeah, they said I, I could also that. take for a spin. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that one. It's got that 200 was, miles on cool. it. The guy nice. just brought it back. It's virgin. Yeah, oh, pretty much. So they bought it and just went, nah, not for me. I think it was the riding position. It doesn't, Wowza. you know, if you're a bit... Yeah, no, I, I, I can sort of understand that, but geez, what did I, <laughs> I wonder what you traded in for. That's cool, though. That'd be nice if you get to go on that. Yeah, so that's a, a day out I'm planning. Um, I'll hear you from here. I'll just You'll start off and I'll hear it. <laughs> It'll be so screaming loud. as I yeah. hang on. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that that would be pretty awesome. Um but I don't know if there's anything you got new for... Oh, I was thinking, actually, a new thing to say about the Speed Twin. Was that reviewing the footage later on that day, 
um, or that evening rather, when I got home of all the bikes, you know, when we had the tracking shots with the GoPro from the back of the XADV and Tim was riding behind and we were getting all these nice yeah. angles, I was like, this, that bike looks, looks very at home in a sort of like urban environment, like with a bit of sort of retro gear on. And yeah. I thought, although the, the, the street triple did look great in some of the footage, I think, um, there's something just really nice about the speed twin. There's something that, yeah, seeing a Bonneville in London just sort of makes sense. You see a lot of them, so you get a, a, a fair few chances. Yeah, um, true. But it does, it does, it just, it looks at home. It looks right there. I mean, it looks just as right on a country road as well, but it's just, mm. it was a fun thing to ride, especially as your GoPro was bouncing off the floor and I got to see the tyre close-up. That was fun too. <laughs> <laughs> Not my proudest moment. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's stuck on pretty well, Tim, so uh, we should go. Yeah, but, uh, and they got to a roundabout and that was the best place for it to fall off. I just yeah. I felt very bad for you, I did. And then the last bike we took out that day was the Tiger 900 GT Pro? That was, wasn't it? Because the Rally Pro demo yes. bike that they had, uh, which is the more off-roady version, that was yet to be registered. So we didn't really have a choice, mm. but I think probably, you know, the road-orientated version is, is the bike to choose anyway. But you... Mm-hmm were beaming you loved that didn't you i really did i think it's also i think when something surprises you and it um yeah it surprised me in just the right kind of way and i know it was only town stuff i did put out a review um and obviously it's a shame if you don't get a chance to take it out on some faster roads and you just you ride what's available to you don't you? um yeah but of course i absolutely loved it yeah just knocking around town we went up towards hyde park kind of uh, direction and it was just so good on all those roads the hardest thing was just not speeding um because yeah. it was just so tempting to do it because that engine is again so good which you obviously you went out on the uh, proper demo day um for the launch of it yeah um but that is one of the best engines i've been on and actually when i was saying about the taking out the um jerkiness of the throttle like the street triple does the new version of the old um that one was like the next level of that because you could be as brutal as you wanted with that throttle and it just wasn't bouncing or hiccuping at all it was happy to do whatever yeah for sure i I find it pretty smooth as well maybe just with a bit of extra weight as well i always find that yeah probably a certain bit yeah so uh something like the Goldwing with the dct gearbox doesn't feel as jerky as the xadv does because it's like 150 kilograms heavy heavier true yeah, that makes sense. Like I tried the Vitpilin, I think, the Husqvarna, and that, yeah, is pretty jerky because it's just so light. There's nothing to it. It's basically a bicycle with a whopping great engine in it. So, yeah, it does make sense. It helps sort of meet that out a bit. Um, what, what do we play around with on the Tiger? I mean, the engine, yeah, that for sure it's good and it sounds great as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dash is good, isn't it? That massive seven-inch dash. Yeah, I think I'd tell you it's smaller than that. Yeah, yeah. Are you a fan of uh, TFTs or do you prefer analogs? I don't mind them. I quite like the I like the illusion of an analog clock, but I can't deny that my eyes aren't as good as you're also a glasses wearer. I know you have the same sort of sort of pains, but um, there is something about a big digital dash, big digital clock makes it a damn sight easier to see your speed than the the needles bouncing up and down. Especially where London, where it's so heavily constricted uh, and monitored, you don't want to speed anywhere. Um, so it is nice having all of that information up on the screen. I think they do it one of the best because there's a few that have been on like the XADV again, not to sort of hate on that bike but it's a bit busy there's quite a lot going on it's all black and white yeah. 
So it's hard to kind of differentiate the first time you get on it, what is what on the screen, whereas that screen is really easy at a glance to know what you're looking at. So mm. I like it a lot. Yeah, for sure. And then also, um, we, were, we were talking on the day as well about how it doesn't actually feel that tall because you were saying you thought oh, maybe it's going to feel a bit too tall a Tiger 900 just for pottering around town but actually it wasn't well I didn't think it was too bad anyway I thought it was actually well it felt marginally shorter than mine I think just because my seat's a bit wider maybe and then there was this the, is it. the like, scrambler that you went on as well you sat on that and you were like coming over a little sit on this afterwards and I was tiptoeing it on one leg yeah, the Scrambler, Scrambler 1200 is pretty tall and yeah, it's got like a bit of a bench seat to it. So it does feel wide and therefore it, it doesn't help with getting your feet down. I was just going to say, actually, for people who like a bit of TFT dash and an analog clock, um, the 1200 Scrambler and the Rocket have like a round one where you can flick between a, a digital readout, but also you can have a traditional speedo looking thing as well, which is quite cool. But yeah. That does feel like a big, big machine, the XE. Um, it's it's definitely a tall bike, but I think the way they've done it with the Tiger and um, bikes like the Tenere, bikes like the Africa Twin, a lot of them in the updates uh, for this year have been saying we've done work to narrow the bike at the waist. Um, mm -hmm. So that that would be a big change between, for example, if you rode the MT-07 and the Tenere, it's, it's got a narrower waist. Um, the Tiger's narrower versus last time and same mm -hmm. for the Africa Twin and I think it's a it's a smart way of maintaining ground clearance um, whilst also making it a bit easier to get your feet down for some people and almost all of them as well have adjustable seats where you can clip them between the two positions. I think on so. that kind of bike it's kind of essential as well when you know you're going to be playing with a taller bike and you don't yeah. want to count out some of your market who will be intimidated by that it is important having it be adjustable and then there's the other thing for it being quite tall, why it's, uh, the reason I quite like the fact that it tapers in, so it is tall, but then it doesn't feel so tall, you can actually get your feet down, is because if you're doing longer distances, and to bring it back to my new bike, the CB1300, I took that up to Wales recently, and it was absolutely fine everywhere waist up, and then my knees were just on the wrong angle for the for the wrong mm. amount of time that I just I was seized up by the time I got off the other end. You know that bit where you have to sort of starfish and stretch yeah, your legs yeah, out yeah, yeah. As, you, as you're coming into the layby. You're like, right, I need to start using these again. Um, you don't need to do that with a big dad bike like the Africa <laughs> Twin or the Tiger. That's the kind of benefit, and I can see the appeal to that. And I really wish I had a bike that didn't make my knees feel like I was a 70-year-old man when I come to stop it. Yeah, that's the nice nice thing, isn't it? Being able to stick the seat in the high position if you're doing a long ride. So you just get a bit more space and you're not going to be mm. needing to put your, your legs down so much um, on the motorway, or you'd hope not. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a nice option to have. Um, and then, yeah, I think it just handles well and, and I like the sort of um, the feeling in the cockpit of the Tiger and stuff. So I was, mm. I was glad you enjoyed it because I think I talked it up quite a lot after the launch. Um, so it's always good to hear a second opinion. And I know you wouldn't just say it was good to appease me, Tim. No, I really wouldn't. I would be honest with you. I'll be brutally yeah, honest about the bike. The one question I've got, though, is what I sort of worry about is whether or not that is one of the better dad bikes or Torres adventure bikes 
if that's setting me up with unrealistic expectations for the other one. You've ridden a few now. I'm interested to know whether or not you think it, how you sort of think it stacks up against some of its competition. Oh, see, the thing is, I've not been on a GS for ages. Mm. So the only recent ones I've had, adventure bikes, would be the, I've got the Africa Twin Adventure Sport just showed up today. So that's a big beast. But I had the, the kind of stock Africa Twin um, the sort of base off-road model um, for a while. Uh, yeah, the Tiger, the Tiger 800 I rode recently. Um, but yeah, the F800, F700 or seven, yeah, 700 GS. You tried the V85 those. as well, right? The V85 TT, yeah. Um, can't think of any others off the top of my head. Oh, I've tried MV Augusta's Turismo Veloce. Oh, yeah. With the one with the smart clutch system. So yeah. it's a recluse clutch. So it's not quite like the DCT on the Africa Twin or the Goldwing. It's just that you don't, you still use the quick shifter to go through the gears and there's still a clutch lever. So you can use the clutch if you want. But when you come mm -hmm. to a stop, the clutch just disengages itself. And then when you turn the throttle, it engages. A bit like a go-kart is the only thing that, I, I said that, and then the press guy from MV was stood next to me and I could just see him, I was on camera. I was like, it's basically like a go-kart. And I saw him go like, Ugh. I think they, you know, they're definitely a premium brand, I suppose. And, and I, I also think there's probably some technical reasons why it's superior to a go-kart because essentially a go-kart go engine amounts to a lawnmower. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so you basically just call this very expensive bike a lawnmower. Exactly. Um, Interestingly, interestingly, sorry, I I, um, I saw that they're rolling the availability of that clutch out to mm. the naked bikes, the MVs. So like you could get a Brutal or a Dragster, I think, mm -hmm. um, 800s or, or something like that with a, a recluse clutch. So I, I don't know what that's all about. Um, I'd like to speak to someone who bought one and understand why um, not that I think it's a bad idea, but it, it's a bit niche maybe. And I'd also like to understand whether they kind of actually found it beneficial. But it does make sense. They're, they're, they're quite fun to ride, but I, I just think a sports naked bike like that, you would think people are there for the more engaging riding experience. So they're, they're kind of willing to just go with a normal clutch. But I wonder if, for yeah. example, you have like... Um, uh, Things like my uncle had a stroke ages ago when he was younger and he got a, is it the Formatic Honda? He got an automatic bike and now he has a mm -hmm. Can-Am Spider so that he can still ride and his, his right arm's good so he can throttle and then he can, you know, he's got his uh, left arm on the bars and he can control a bit, but he, he couldn't probably clutch. Mm -hmm. um, so I wonder if, if people that ride them maybe have that kind of thing in mind or, or whether they just like the convenience of it, the kind of twist and go. Um, or maybe if you're in stop-start traffic as well and you don't want to be kind of like on the clutch That's all the time. That's the thing, I think. But it does make yeah. it, if you're commuting, you know. It's a big thing. I think um, it's a bigger thing in American markets. Um, they're quite like automatics. Right. We're sort of coming across to it now with it being as congested as it is, like cars more than bikes, obviously. But I know yeah. that that's potentially why they favour it because they've got big straight roads that they have to sort of sit on for ages at a time rather than having to faff around with clutch and stuff like that. But anyway, I've got off topic there. I just thought it was an mm. interesting little piece of news that I saw. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, uh, but you were asking me, how does the Tiger 900 
genuinely stack up. Yeah. Um, and I think bikes that I would need to ride to answer that would be the KTM 790, which might be yes. the 890 soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tenere, I need to get around to that. And obviously the new GS, which I, I might be able to get hold of. I've got the R9T soon yeah. and I'll, I'll try and swap it for a, I guess the, uh, is it 850 now? GS, the big one? I think it is. The yeah, middle I one, sorry. So yeah, um, maybe I'll have a go on that and see how that stacks up. But in my mind, yeah, I think it is pretty damn good, the the, the Tiger. The V85 is a little bit underpowered versus those other bikes. It's more like 60 or 70 horsepower, I think, rather than mm-hmm. touching 100 for the Africa Twin, 94 yeah. for the for the Tiger. So, um, and, it, and it, it has a bit of charm because of it, you know, that air-cooled V-twin. Mm. Like, I loved it, but I think, realistically, would I, would I put my money there or would I get something that I felt was a bit more refined and technologically advanced, I suppose? Uh, yeah, I'd probably be tempted by by something else. The Turismo Veloce is really road-focused, and I think if I was to buy an adventure bike, I'd want the ability to go off-road. Yeah. And that, that's more of a kind of, like, multi-strata-type bike. Mm-hmm. Um. I like the BMWs. I'd like to ride an updated one and see how that kind of compares. But I remember really liking the the um, yeah the 800 GS, mm-hmm. and it was kind of similar. And then what else have we got left? Really, I don't know. It's up there for me. I I think it, it will all come down to whether if you're buying a middleweight adventure bike, whether you want a triple or not. Yeah. And I do, what? so I guess the the tiger is the <laughs> way to go then. <laughs> so like like you've got the uh, I think it's a parallel twin in the seven ninety, a parallel yeah. twin in the eight fifty G- GS, yeah, uh, V twin in the V eighty five TT in the mm-hmm. middleweight multi stratas, um, a V twin as well, yeah. Although the V four has been spotted out testing, but I would say that's large capacity. I'm probably missing an obvious bike, Tenere. That's a parallel twin. So mm. really, if you want a triple that off-roads, you know, obviously the MV's discounted then, so uh, it would be the Tiger. And I think it does give you that flexibility. And what you really want to do with it is, is like one of the days that we did in Morocco, which actually I'd argue are exactly what I would be doing if I owned one here, which is riding a good distance on the motorway mm-hmm. or on some, and then onto some kind of bendy roads. Mm-hmm. until you get to where you're going to off-road and then you can off-road a bit and then you can come back and go yeah. on the twisties because it it's a triple is quite smooth it felt pretty smooth anyway so the mm-hmm. motorway it was perfect for purring along um in the twisties you can bang it down the gears the the top spec yeah. ones come with a quick shifter and then it feels like yes. a street triple it just Which feels works like really well that's, yeah, I've yeah. tried a few uh, quick shifters now but I think that was the favorite I think of of the quick shifters that I've tried but yeah, essentially you've got a, a tall street triple then. Uh, and then they've made these changes to the to the crank, this uh, T-plane crank um, to mm-hmm. extend the intervals between a couple of the um, ignitions of the cylinders yeah. so that so that it feels a bit more twinny in the low revs. And it like after yeah. riding both close together, it really does. So um, I just don't know if the other bikes have quite that versatility. They yeah. don't have that kind of like sporty triple feel up at the top. Although I've got to say mm-hmm. the Africa Twin, it will shift if you if you if you rev it up. 
Um, but yeah, that, that, that I think is the deciding factor because a lot of the tech, like IMUs are becoming so common now. Um, mm -hmm. TFT dashes are common. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that the, on the pro models of the Triumph, they're really, really well spec. So you get a lot of equipment like um, heated grips and handguards as standard. Heated mm -hmm. seats don't exist, I don't think, as a standard, as a manufacturer option on any other bike. You might be able to find a, an aftermarket um, supply that makes them for some of those other bikes but it's quite rare that they will come as standard on a 13 gram bike um, so yeah if you want heated seats and a triple that's it it's the only logical choice well I like a warm bum and the rasp of a triple as you pull away so simultaneously ideally so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so th that was I mean that was a bloody good day wasn't it that we really enjoyed it it was hard work though I tell you what, I don't want to sound like, woe is me. But it's so easy to post Instagram photos of like me and Tim riding these bikes. And then you get yeah. like, obviously good meaning comments, but they're like, oh, you lucky so-and-sos. And uh, I feel super lucky anytime I get to ride a brand new motorcycle. I yeah. always do. I just think this is great. Yeah. Um, but I will also balance that by saying that when I get home from a day of filming like that, um, I feel pretty knackered. It's it's uh, you want to make sure you get everything covered, all the shots done in a day, and and it, it's actually kind of like you're yeah you're really on your feet and um, and also there's a lot of thought going into like where's where we're we gonna go mm. if this you know you might get to a location and then a van pulls up and then you got to move off. It, it's hectic and and it's really kind of mentally yeah. exhausting as well as kind of um, actually physically sort of like crouching down with a tripod all the time. <laughs> I find that after after a while, I'm like, oh, I just need to stand up straight. And it's stuff, so. tough on like a 25 degree day as well. Um, yeah, exactly. Not to yeah. you know, get the tiny violins out for me, but it was it was a very warm this day. Is it. Um, I, I guess but also, I, like I guess um, that's what I'm trying to. I I I, I don't want any pity. <laughs> I just want to give a, a a true reflection of what those days are like. They're not. Yes. We, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna talk about the Hondas in a minute, but me and Tim took the XADV out and the CB1000R, and that one of the main reasons that we both had a really good day doing that was because we both wanted to get YouTube videos. And I think yeah. if you go out with someone who wants to ride for the day and you want to stop and take footage, it's a mm -hmm. it's not a fun day for them. It's That's not, so tedious for them. Yeah, if, if I feel yeah. bad if I go out with someone who just wants to go out for a ride and I'm constantly pulling over and adjusting cameras and things. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 so when people say, like, oh, that looks great, it's not a whole day of like blasting around on it. It's, I'd say less than, less than a, I'd say about a third of the day, about a third of the day is actually riding when we yeah. went out on the Hondas. The rest mm. was uh, talking about what to do next and <laughs> actually recording and filming and then getting B-roll and then you know, packing up, like when we, when we sort of move on to another location, pack everything yeah. up and then make sure you've got everything. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's full on, but th th they are super fun days, especially if you both enjoy yeah. the filming. Uh, that's when you can have a really good time doing it. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was a cracking day at, at London. And then it was only a week later, I think, that we took the CB1000R and the XADV out into Kent because I wanted to get like really good quality um, footage of both of them. So I thought, let's do it in a day. Tim rode over here. We picked the bikes up, left your um, CB1, uh, CB1300 in the garage. Yeah. 
And then we uh, rode off and we swapped bikes all day and got loads of good footage. And um, well, let's start with the XADV because you've ridden this, the CB1000, although we should talk about that one as well. But uh, the XADV, we, we talked about it on the podcast quite a lot because it's a bit of a mythical beast, isn't it? Like this weird <laughs> yeah. bike that we were like, will we ever get to ride that? It's such a strange yeah. design decision to make a, a big 750cc off-road inspired uh, scooter positioned like hybrid of a bike. But we came down with the opinion in the end that it was just a utilitarian machine, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, I think we've also talked about uh, like apocalyptic bikes and what you would use for that sort of stuff as well. And this may be worth a sort of mentioning that, an honourable mention, because it will sort of do practically everything happily. Yeah. So yeah, it was an, it's an odd one. It, it really doesn't fit any kind of category. It will be like nothing else that I've ridden or probably will ride in the future. Um, I can't say I didn't enjoy it. It was a great fun day. And actually, I think I said as well during your recording, the weird thing about that bike was, you know, I'm on a CB1000R uh, following you at certain points, and there was you were close to losing me at certain bits. It was it just was, get it uh, in sport mode, mate, <laughs> and then just give it like an absolute fistful. Yeah, I, I, I basically had to play the surprise element on you. I thought the only way that, <laughs> like, I'm going to make Tim think that I've yeah. lost him is if I just go now. Well, that's, you caught me napping. You definitely caught me napping because I was like, "Fucking hell, he's shooting off on that one." I really had to sort of uh, pick up a pace a little bit because I wasn't expecting you to blast off at the same sort of pace. It, it, but it, it was good. Clip. Yeah, it I mean, was. They were sort of they were well matched, weren't they? It was. It wasn't like you were getting left behind or I was, you know, um, getting left behind by you. You could go out on that bike and still keep up with your friends and still have a blast, and you'd be comfier for it at the end of the day. I think you know. Obviously, it's worth saying, like, if 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 you were trying, like, there'd be no way to keep up with that bike. But I think no. what it is, is it's like, it's a scooter looking thing, um, but it can cruise on the motorway and, and not struggle. And it can mm. sort of, like, perform a little bit and not really struggle. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was good to have it for a while. I just... Um, you had that for a long time as well. Because of lockdown, yeah. But I don't know if I ever... I don't know if I quite came down on, like... Oh, I'd definitely buy one of these. Like, almost certainly not. Um, yeah. But I, I think, and now have an understanding of why they sell so well, especially for certain things, like if you are commuting a lot. They're super popular in Italy, super popular in like Thailand and other parts of Asia. And mm. I get it now, um, but I, I still think it's not for me. No, same thing. I don't think it'd be sat in my garage. Um, and I sort of know what it's made for is is just nipping around. It's a sort of cheeky, just sort of A to B bike, essentially. It's not made to go on fast roads, but it will do it. It's not made to go off road to any sort of great extent, but it will do it. It's not made to cross a Ford, but it will do it. Um, did you see, so <laughs> that's what we, we did two videos with the X8. I, I did anyway. Did you publish a video about it? Um, it's coming, yeah, this week, yeah. So I did one just generally about the bike and like, what even is this thing? And then I decided we should do an off-road thing. So we um, we did a bit of green laning just up and down. We both suck at off-roading. We know that. That's not really the point. Like, <laughs> if, if anyone who seriously off-roads a lot buys that and watches our review and like bases their decision upon that, then I think... Those, both those things are strange decisions. If you're really good off-road, you'll buy a good off-roading bike. And also you won't base it upon uh, two idiots. Like, 
just making a stupid YouTube video. That was it was just meant to be a bit of fun. Um, so yeah, I don't really feel bad about it. I think really what that what that bike is is like if I if I bought this, um, could I just go up and down a green lane with like relatively little ability? And yeah, it was fun. Like we we loved it, but yeah. we also um, took it through a Ford as well, and you almost. Um, filled the engine with river water because you went full gas and it started spluttering. Um, but that was good fun as well. But then um, someone commented on my video, my off-road video and said, um, the only thing lacking really is like the U2's ability, which I was like, yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, like, true. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not under any illusions. And then they linked to a, uh, an article about a guy who rode the XADV in this super long, like off-road, it wasn't the Dakar rally, but it was something of that nature. Mm. And he modified maybe the, uh, very little about the bike, basically. I think he might have had to modify the suspension just to kind of firm it up more. But he was, he won his category against some of the bikes that were like genuine, uh, yeah, genuine off-road bikes, rally bikes and stuff. He won his category. That. I yeah. love that. And there's a great picture of him in the article, sort of like going over these huge rocks or between them, I guess is probably more realistic. And, and he might have jumped it as well. And mm. uh, he's in full rally gear. He's got all the stickers on it and stuff. Yeah. And I just thought that's pretty cool. And, and so maybe that's more of a testament to, to, um, to the bike's ability. But I truly believe that people, like he's doing that for a stunt rather than, choosing the best tool for the job and i think uh, yeah completely he's just looking to make his day a bit more interesting than it yeah. would ordinarily have been it's nice to take something that really isn't made to be somewhere and see if it will do it it's quite compelling and then we also spent the rest of the day riding the cb1000r which like i said you've ridden but it's worth touching upon because we had it in that flashy paint job and with that full system that was super loud <laughs> yeah. um and uh I think you enjoyed that one as well. Yeah, my ears are still ringing, but I enjoyed the bike definitely. It was, it's a great, the thing is, so when I rode the last one, it was just a dealership yeah. thing sort of around me and I took it out for an hour. And it was nice, but I can't say that you, you know, you don't get the full total picture of what it's like to live with. And then obviously with you taking it for the day out was so nice. I think, and you asked me at the start which one I wanted to sort of go there on and it sort of made the most sense. And I think I was keener to get on that one uh, from the start just because I know what kind of performer it can be and it was mm. it was yeah it was fun it was uh, spicy when, whenever I go for a ride um, trying to look for some twistier roads or whatever there's always 40 minutes maybe of yeah. um, straight sort of motorway riding a road riding before I get to anywhere at all interesting and I said to you Tim didn't I have you got earplugs <laughs> yeah you did yeah and you said, I don't need earplugs. I said, Trying I don't have earplugs, but I'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be brave. I'll yeah. suck it and out. I, oh, and I said, I've got some of those disposable foam ones in my, in, with all my gear in, in the house. And you went, don't worry about it, mate. I'll be fine. <laughs> and then when, uh, when we got to the first stop, which was 40 minutes in, I said to you as well, as I'm going in front of you on the XADV. There's no way I'm going to sit behind that that race full system on the yeah. motorway for 40 minutes, which was a wise choice. Um, yeah, when you took your lid off at the first stop, I think you, you did make a remark to the effect of like, 
that is a bit too loud. There's a little bit. You can't, you can't, yeah, you have to admit it. It just, it is. It's it, the worst part as well, uh, as you know, is going along the motorway, sustained speed. And I had one that was very similar. I had a CB600 um, as my second bike and it had this god awful exhaust on it that if you just sat at constant revs doing 40, 50 miles an hour, it just goes, Bruh! And just drills yeah. into your head, just into your skull. And you, you just find yourself jumping through gears to try and get some kind of differentiation or to change it just slightly for That's a bit. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. Any bike sounds pretty decent if you're giving it some beans and uh, and going through the gears. And certainly that bike, on the footage that I got of you riding up and down that country road doing <laughs> flybys, like I get, I've had a few comments on that video saying this sounds yeah. incredible. Um, but I think, like I say, no matter how good your bike sounds, if you're sat at constant speed, like you say, it's just that droning, like, mm. mm-hmm. and it just drills into your head, doesn't it? I wonder if, I think I had this thought the other day and I don't, I'm not saying this is genuinely an original thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the way that um, noise cancelling headphones work right is that they measure the sound outside of the headphones and then they play a frequency inside the headphones that cancels that out. Yes. Why has no one done that with motorbike helmets? I heard talk that there was someone developing, you know, the, the, the ones that have got like a rear view camera and stuff. There are some oh. that have a little camera, right? And they can put it on the visor and there are at least sort of concepts mm. of that. I don't know if you can actually buy them yet. Or if you can, they'll be stupidly expensive. But I do remember someone saying they were developing it, but it's one of these kind of, again, mythic kind of when will they, will they, won't they situations. But yeah, it would be nice if they could do something like that. I think Senna maybe I, do something similar. What, noise cancelling oh, no, well, they do a head. Uh, they do a helmet that actually has their Senna stuff inbuilt. Um, right. And it sounds up their street that maybe that's something they would look into, but I don't know. I, I wonder if it's just not really possible to cancel out like wind noise, which is responsible for the majority of it, because it's like, it's not a far away frequency. It's, it's literally like hitting onto the helmet and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know one. enough about it. Um, surely someone would have done it if it was a good idea. And wasn't too expensive. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, you can get anyway. headphones. Maybe you can just get some. Uh, I always just stick my little earbuds in. Um, yeah. And I think, well, my girlfriend sort of uh, asked me in the past whether or not that's dangerous that you can't hear the outside noise. I'm like, no, no, stick them in yourself. You can hear what's going on. I can hear car horns or, you know, even my engine. I can hear it. It's just, it's muted. So it's not as deafening or as painful. That's what the, the really good, um, yeah, like noise cancelling earplugs aim to do. Hmm. Especially for musicians, they they try and give you all the frequencies. Rather, if you just put foam in your ears, you still get loads of bass, but you miss the treble. Um, mm-hmm. Good ear defenders give you a bit of everything, but take it take it down a notch. Uh, we're getting quite off topic from the CB one thousand R now. We're talking about musicians' <laughs> earplugs. <laughs> Back to the bike, uh, but then. yeah, over, overall, yeah, it was a it's a cracking day, and um, mm. we got rained on a bit. We got wet going through the Ford. We damaged our ears. Um, I don't think we got truly lost. We didn't get as far as I'd hoped. We were going to stop for fish and chips by the seaside at Whitstable, but we just didn't have time because of all the filming. Mm. You really have to scale back on what you think you're going to going to achieve um, in a day like that because there's mm-hmm. just so much time given over to filming. 
Um, one thing I do wish we had though, there were some really nice country roads where you got really good views over the fields. And I said to Tim, it'd be great to have a drone. So this week I bought one. And next time we go and do it, I'm going to get that drone up there flying after you while you're yeah, rising down the road on a yeah. nice bike like that. Um, so that'll be good next time, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was great. And then after that, uh, a couple of weeks later, I had to go back to Triumph London to get some more footage for the next few videos. Mm. And I said to Tim, I was like, why don't you go and ride the rocket while I'm there? And that was, uh, I mean, that that really put, a, <laughs> oh, if the yeah. tiger put a grin on your face, then yeah. uh, the rocket, yeah, that was, uh, I'm glad you like have ridden it now because I've, I've talked about it a lot from only having ridden it myself once. But uh, yeah, I mean, first impressions? Uh, it, it just, it makes me sad that I haven't got the money and will probably never have the money where I can make a spend like that. That's the only thing I can say is it makes me want to win the lottery so much because it was, I loved it. It wouldn't be, I see I put up a video and um, obviously you're going to get the comment that it's it's too much or you don't need that or it's like an yeah. exercise in excess, which it is to a degree. It's like a flagship Nobody needs kind anything of No, well, <laughs> exactly. Just, you know, live off bread okay. and water. It's not about that. <laughs> um, but no, it's... Obviously, it's, it wouldn't even be your only bike. If you get to the point where you can afford that thing, I think it's, it's the bike that you're going to have for the right occasion, the right day for it. It's not going to be your commuter. I made a sort of reference to commuting it. I think someone from Australia actually commented on it that it was going to be their, like, everyday bike. And I'm like... Seriously? <laughs> this is the bike you're going to ride around on? I don't know what the roads are like out there, but like, I could, uh, let's say you, you lived in America and your ride was pretty much like straight down one of those bigger straight roads. Yeah. It kind of could make sense. Oh, well, I mean, how does it? It doesn't really make sense, but obviously like <laughs> it'd be much cheaper to do that on like a CB500 mm. or something that has a, enough power to cruise at 70, but it's like super cheap and economical. Um, it never makes sense. But that's, it's, yeah, it's just not the point, is I it? think I'd just, I'd just, I'd feel bad about it. But maybe, again, that's just to do with uh, my means, you know, that I would feel bad about wearing that thing down. Especially, we talked about London, right? It just eats into bikes. It just destroys yeah, yeah, bikes. Yeah. If you send a bike through a London winter, it's something that comes out the other end because of all the salt on the roads or whatever it is. It just never looks clean. Dude, like, I, I'm, I'm not a good person at cleaning bikes. Um, I constantly get comments on my, my, my videos saying, can you clean and oil your chain, please? Um, but my street twin, I can't, I've cleaned it. I, I haven't ridden it in winter so much lately because I have press bikes more. Mm -hmm. And I thought it makes more sense to use those. Um, and even so, like the, the, the damage that London does, just the stuff in the air. Yeah. Uh, I think the guys at Triumph London were saying the sap that comes off the trees over the parking bay, for example, it just it cakes the bikes. There's constant like dust and grit and grime everywhere. And it, it just eventually, it, especially like under the engine and yeah, stuff, yeah. you're never going to get it clean. In the same way that someone just rides their bike on a Sunday out in the countryside yeah. will, will be able to keep their bike pretty clean. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff you're going to be competing with anywhere, really. If you go and pass farms and stuff like that, you're going to get loads of horrible kind of stuff kicked up on your bike as well. So you need to be on top of it. But like you say, yeah. with London, it's essentially like being in a really, really slow sandblaster that just oh, yeah. sort of sprays it over time. It's not a hermetically sealed sandbox, but it will eventually wear off your paint and finish. 
Um, and yeah. it's just, it's a pain to do. So getting back to the rocket, I would feel really bad. I'd feel mean on the bike owning that thing and run, running it all the time. But I absolutely loved trying it because I wanted to see what a bike, if taken to the extreme, can do and what it feels like and whether or not the fact that it is that extreme makes it unusable or um, just just not calm in any kind of uh, setting. And the nice thing about mm. the rocket was that it was a proper gentle giant. It was happy to do whatever I needed it to do. And then I always knew there was this sort of beast lurking underneath that if you just roll back the throttle, it's going to fire you off. It was because you took it, it out. You did when I when I rode it. I only got a couple of quick blasts because I I was on limited time. I had other stuff to do that day, so I got out to like a motorway and just uh, came off at one junction and then went round the roundabout and then just down the slip road at like accelerating from like 20 up to 70 ish let's say um and i was just like wow that's all i need to know like it just feels incredible but you managed to get to a bit more of a twisty countryside road didn't you yeah because i had the time uh, which was nice and thank you seriously thank you for that uh, for arranging that because i've got to take it somewhere that i know quite well so again this time element yeah. of trying to record I knew exactly where I was going. So I didn't have to faff around and kind of find the roads. I knew the roads I was going to make a beeline to. So I took it out of London, made my little escape and got to test it around some corners, which was great. Got a quiet section because it was just a quiet day. Just sort of lucked out on that one as well. It was a sunny, quiet day. And then got to yeah. test the 0 to 60, you know, and, and do a proper roll-on test. And uh, it was so nice. I was saying to other people again, there's certain bikes that if you're doing that kind of speed, it might feel a bit sketchy. If you've got like a little 250 and you razz it up to 70 miles an hour, at that yeah. kind of speed, that light little bike is going to feel a little bit sketchy. If you take a bike that weighs like 250, 260 kilograms and has that kind of force behind it and has been made to go over 100 miles an hour comfortably, then taking it up to 70 yeah. feels like nothing. It feels so comfortable doing it. You're aware that you're doing that speed, but you're not getting bounced around or hitting little um, bumps and mm. stuff in the road. You're just cruising up to that speed. And it proper gave me a little heart flutter getting up to that speed, just firing off first, second, third gear uh, in the best kind of way where I didn't feel scared, nervous or sketchy or like I was doing something I shouldn't. I just felt excited by by the pull-off and just seeing what it could, that sounded wrong, by seeing what it could do getting up to that speed. So yeah, it was such Sounds a good like thing. You. Yeah, it was a great day. <laughs> Um, the thing that I always thought was like super weird about it is is like the the bikes that I've typically ridden that are that size are Harleys and stuff. You know the big one point eight liter bikes. Yeah, a triple. <clears throat> it sounds like a like a street triple, but big, doesn't it? It's got that triple sound to it. It's super weird. Um, but also, yeah. Anyway, I, th I thought it was um, reasonably easy to handle in terms of weight as well you would expect it to be i think it's three 300 kilo kilos or something like that and uh it doesn't even feel that difficult to to maneuver in it and the speed as well like you say is is um belies its weight almost certainly so yeah. i need to get another longer <laughs> go i have inquired about getting one as a press bike just to make some you know i've done a first impressions but i, I want to kind of um, cover more angles of it and, mm. and maybe do a could you could you live with it realistically um i i dread to think of, of getting it in and out the garage but <laughs> um yeah what is that the extent of our motorcycle riding since I, that that was the last time i saw you wasn't it 
Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got some other stuff planned coming up. Mm -hmm. I've got three bikes in the garage at the moment. Three press bikes. One is a an electric supermoto from Artisan Electric. Uh, it's called the Coulter ES1 Pro. I thought it was going to be the manual electric bike. So they've got one in the works that's got a manual gearbox with a clutch, which I think is like really interesting. And I can't wait to ride it, but it's not ready till next year. So I've just got this one for now. So I'll put out a video, but um, the, the two bikes we'll probably take out next time we go out will be the Adventure Sport Africa Twin, which I mentioned, the big DCT mm -hmm. touring beast of a bike. Um, and then also I've got an R9T, which is just a thing of beauty. It's got some nice extras. It's the top spec R9T rather than the pure or whatever. So yeah. um, it's got upside down forks and, um, and proper radial Brembos rather than the, um, the sort of cheaper ones. Mm -hmm. It's But it's got the option 719 billet aluminium pack on it. So there's loads yeah. of aluminium parts. It's got the extra paint job. It's got the Akropovich exhaust. It's got the LED indicators. I haven't even taken it out yet because I, I think I might, I just want to do like a first, proper first ride, just set my GoPro rolling and be like, this is what my, I've never ridden an R9T before. Yeah. So so hopefully we'll get out on those two. Um, what else have we got, Tim? Coming in. Have you got any anything lined up? Um, as far as tests or bikes, I'm still waiting to get up to see my family in Wales, which I'll be doing soon, actually. So I'll be on a VFR. It's not that exciting, but I've not tried a V4 I'd, I'd be excited. Before. Yeah, well, I'm excited. Yeah. I just know how much it's going to sort of uh, hit the channel that much. But um, I'm super curious to try a V4 setup. Really want to try that bike. My brother has been beaming about it, absolutely loves it. And he's uh, quite a hard man to impress when it comes to bikes as well with the really? stuff that I've owned. Yeah, like he, he never liked my street triple. He's one of these people that doesn't like it and that's justified to him. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to going on the, the V4 um, and getting used to mine as well, actually, because I took it for a long trip the other day and managed to stretch its legs and sort of see what it's capable of. of uh, capable of. And I have to say, I'm glad to say it um, conducted itself really well. And it was um, oh, nice. a proper joy to take up on that sort of long distance as well, long trip. Oh, and I'm actually going to go and see my friend on his Motogutsi Odache as well uh, next week. So I'm sure we'll be swapping over at some point and I'll reacquaint nice. myself with that big, big muscle bike, which is, yeah. again, it's a real nice machine to sit on. We do have some, uh, we have the Vitpillen and the KTM 390 Adventure lined up, but that's not till August. Mm -hmm. So me and Tim will both be getting out on those. Um, and also, you know what? I have got a few BMWs lined up after the R9T. Yes. But also two bikes that I haven't mentioned to you, Tim, actually. Uh, you know, Herald have got that one called the Brat. Herald yeah. um, do like classic style bikes, don't they? But I think they... They've got a facility in the UK where they assemble them, but I think it's probably made in China. I need to double check that. They are, so they, the Brat, they bring them over, I think, and they just tweak things on it, yeah. I think so. The Brat is one that they've designed themselves, though. It's kind of a bit more futuristic looking. We looked at it at the NEC. I think so, I remember. They're doing it. a 500, a 250, and a 125. The 500 and 250 aren't ready till next year, but the 125 is going to be with me for a couple of weeks. Nice. So maybe I'll try and catch you with that one. And then also Sinis uh, reached out to me. And again, another kind of um, budget sort of Chinese bike. And the, I think it's called the Hyosung Aquila. It's a nice. cruiser. Catchy. It's 125 cc's. 
And I was just like, I wasn't, I was looking at the bikes that they stock and they were like, do you want to take another bike? And I was like, not really. And then I looked at it and I was like, is that a 125 V twin? And uh, yeah, I, I assumed all their bikes were singles, but it's yeah. a genuine 125 V twin. Now I think there are like Suzuki's and stuff of, of the past um, mm-hmm. that, that, that are 125 V twins. So it's not super rare, but I just thought I've got to try that. That's funny. Like, I mean, how do you even, what would that be? 60, 67.5 cc's per cylinder. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be like the size of your finger. It'll be incredible. There's just this exactly. thing going. All right. Yeah. So I just thought uh, that's, um, yeah, that's uh, one, one video I can make, but that's cool. there's plenty coming. And, uh, oh, you know, the other thing as well, uh, we might pop up and just see my parents soon because I haven't seen them for ages. And now that um, hopefully the, rules are being relaxed a little bit we'll, we'll pop and see him because they haven't they, they met our our new baby son um once when he was born uh and he was a he had like a rough couple of few, uh, first days so he was in in uh in intensive care in like an incubator so they didn't even touch him they could just see him in a box so they haven't met him yet and he's what four months old now That's um, big. so they won't be able to cuddle him and stuff but i think we just gotta go up there and and our toddler misses her uh, grandparents as well but um dad's got a new uh, he's a prolific serial boxer twin purchaser okay uh, he's had all sorts r80 rt i think um r1150 rs he had r850 r and now he's got an r1150 rt and an r1200 r so he's just got two he had three but now he's got two that makes so that's, that's similar to um, my brother's one. We're customizing the 1100. We had the 1000RT, but that's the big boat fared thing, isn't it? I think that is is a few generations before. So so the um, these are much more kind of big touring bikes that are just the um, not that kind of really retro generation, but more kind of 90s or. Okay. or I mean the the, the 1200R is probably only actually about 10 years old or something. But the 1150RT is like, you'd know the exact bike if you saw it. It does have a big fairing, but it's not um, quite as retro. Yours, I think you mean the R100RT, which is a thousand cc. Oh, that's sorry, yeah. Yeah, no, this, yeah. yeah no, um, but I haven't, I haven't ridden either of those. I've ridden his R850R, which is sold, and the RS, 1150RS. They were both pretty good. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll get out for a ride. So I don't know if I'll make a video or just go and enjoy a ride with dad. Um, but at least I'll be able to report back from a podcasting yes. perspective. And yeah. I'm interested to see how they compare to the R90 because my dad's saying the R11, the R1200R is actually, because it's got the air-cooled engine and um, box twin and it's 1200 cc's and it's a naked, uh, it's really similar mm. to the R90. It's probably just a bit bigger and he's got touring accessories and it has the telelever suspension on the front end Um Probably not enough time to go into detail on that now, <laughs> but if you so wished him, I'll tell you all about it next time I see you. Yeah. And uh, whereas the R90's got traditional forks, so um, the 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 sort of telelever BMW system is meant <clears> to be good for anti dive. So oh, okay. I'll measure the I'll measure the dive yeah. and report back to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can't wait can't wait for a bit of scenery as well, and uh, yeah. it's absolutely stunning up there in Lancashire for riding motorbikes. Mm-hmm. So. 
That'll be bloody great, that will. <laughs> no, that'll be good. It's knowing how much it meant to me seeing my parents, oh, my mum, not my parents, but uh, my mum the other day for the first time in, you know, three, four months. Enjoy that. I'd say don't record it. Just go and enjoy it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, all right, well, I hope everyone else is doing doing well out there. It's been a funny old few months, but I kind of feel like there's some element of normality getting back. And certainly getting out on the bike keeps you keeps you sane, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you next time. Ta-ra.